everybody, and welcome back to the Headspace Podcast. This is the show where we break down the new hip-hop albums track by track and with thoughts and opinions on each and every song. Today, we will be talking about Mr. Danny Brown's new album, you know what I'm saying? And today, joining me is the hottest guy on the fourth floor of his call center. No, Mr. no, Christopher no, I'm Crump. not on the fourth floor. I'm on the fifth floor. Sorry, I just have many the hottest on the guy on the fifth floor of the call center. Technically, Mr. I'm just going to state it. I was told that it's the whole call center. Of all so the call I'm center, just state that Chris is the hottest I'm guy. fucking flabbergasted. Look dude. at this right here. <laughs> Le visage d'un homme qui est très beau. All right. My uh, name is Holden Stefan Roy. My name is Chris Chris Chrome. is finally getting some new action in his life, and so he's he's quite enjoying himself. Hottest guy on the fifth <laughs> floor of the call center. That's, no, like, like, that's what better. I'm saying, Danny Brown. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, <laughs> let's get into this. Uh, we do the little intro bit. So we let people know now that we know we're not like professionals and stuff. We're just people who listen to the albums and give commentary based on thoughts and opinions. And we care a lot about your thoughts and opinions because there's a good chance that somebody clicking on a Danny Brown review of this length is a Danny Brown fan and knows a lot more about Danny Brown than I do. Just throwing it out there. So any commentary you want to offer here your thoughts your feelings on the album i'd love to read it give us some more wisdom and knowledge we consistently comb the comments looking for little nuggets of awesomeness as an example last week i talked about conway the machine's brand new album well mixtape thing before the album i don't know either way it's uh look what i became and on that there was a comment from homer wisdom that says the artwork is him laying in a hospital after getting sh- head i don't know if that'll get us demonetized has <laughs> to say look what i became a piece of art which is kind of a great metaphor for what happened to conway the machine in his life uh, the project's pretty cool if you into that griselda sound i'm stoked for the new project from conway the machine when it drops this month anyway we'll get into it proper here for, for the danny brown crew uh before we do special thanks to the patrons ismail gadamsey chris Prado, jonathan barnes dj black hurricane linda williams and coney sparks the dope will touch on that at the end but plug them while you're still watching anyway mr christopher the hottest man on the whole call center what is the album we're talking about really today? Hope nobody from fucking call center sees this. I really hope they do, Chris. It would be oh my god, my life. Anyway, for this week's episode, Headspace episode one forty two, we went with Danny Brown's new album. You know, you know what I'm saying. With an upside, upside down, down question, question mark, mark, which I, I believe I stylized correctly in this video. Um, Anyway, uh, for the record, Chris was just talking to somebody on the phone before we started recording about that, and he made like this whole point about it, and he had no idea I was going to come and drop this right now, but Chris is the hottest guy in the call center. Okay, I'm done. That was for his people. On that note, this is the part of the show where we like to contextualize uh, our familiarity with the artist at hand because what we can realize across the journey of album reviewing is depending on how familiar you are with the actor like if you heard it for the first time versus if you are og fan versus if you know the whole story of the man's life versus if you don't really know anything about him all this kind of plays into your experience when you end up listening to a project um so chris what do you know about mr danny brown you know what i'm saying I don't actually know much about Danny Brown, except that we were going to review one of his last albums. Atrocity Exhibition, by request by several people back when we started the channel. But I don't think we did it? We did not. Okay. Because I did remember reviewing it. I liked his I like his voice. I like his kind of style, but I don't actually know much really about him where he comes from. The only thing Detroit. I, cool. He's uh, literally on Detroit say, versus everybody with Eminem. Oh, I forgot about that. Uh, either way, um, I did watch like his music video. There's a music video of him like in a, in a house, and it's just like a good. Well, I don't know which one you're talking about. It's one in the house, and he's like, like for in, this album or just in general. No, 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 no. I think it's like the last album, the last project that he did. When we were the one we were supposed to review. I watched the music video, and it was kind of like expressing his like. I guess he deals with like drug problems and like depression and some other shit too. Like it was kind of like a really exaggerated out there type of video. Uh, so I, I, I guess I kind of want to say like actually I know, I know he, what you're talking about. Anyway, go ahead. I, I guess I want to say like I know I kind of feel like he deals with a lot of like just I guess demons and thoughts that um, like he that I've seen, uh, but I don't actually know 
who or where like all of Danny Brown started. So I mean, I read his wiki page today, and uh, what I really think is cool about Danny Brown is that when he really comes into prominence and like really starts releasing stuff and, and kind of getting some notoriety, he's like almost 30. Like right now, he's like 38 years old, right? And I think that's crazy that pretty much his whole career, like what most people do in their 20s or whatever, is kind of been in their 30s. And I think that's again just as an old man over here, Mr. 31, kind of inspiring. You know, I like the idea of old men having careers in this shit, you know, because so often you hear the idea that, like, oh, if you're 30, you have to retire. Why? Like, that's so whack, man. It's about, you just, some 30 year olds lose artistic passion. Sure, those dudes should maybe not keep doing it. Some people only find their artistic passion late in life. Hashtag Samuel L. Jackson, according to all those Facebook motivational videos that I keep seeing about celebrities that started late in life and achieving goals because everybody I know is in our 30s and we're trying to still make it. Ha! Got that out. I know all of y'all in my age group see that stuff on Facebook too because the algorithms know that unless we're already popping, we all still have dreams and... Us millennials believe still that we can achieve those dreams. That's why we're podcasting and stuff. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, oh boy. <laughs> Chris, did you tell? We already went through you. Um, I got distracted a little bit there. I myself uh, know who Danny Brown is because let's be real. From the first time you hear Danny Brown's voice, it is distinct AF. Yep. Yep. You will never forget it. And albeit it's less high-pitched, I feel, on this project that we're about to go on, it is, like, prominently squeaky in a be-real-esque way that is so distinct. Like, Bonnie uh, came in and heard it a little bit. She's like, is this the guy from Cypress Hill? And then she's like, are you sure it's not the guy from Cypress Hill? I'm like, no, it's Danny Brown. But I like Danny Brown from what I've heard about him in the past because his flow's kind of erratic. His lyricism's on point. And his passion is of the more legitimate variety. Now, I don't know a whole lot about his story, but I did watch that video of him getting his dick sucked on stage while performing. And I will never forget watching that video because it got me down a whole bunch of Googling, which led me to learning about Van Halen's sex tents. So while Van Halen would do 20-minute guitar solos, the rest of the band would go into the backstage into the sex tent where the people behind the scenes would have recruited squads of groupies and each man would proceed to fornicate with like five women before coming back on stage and finishing the rest of the set. And that is quite exceptional. I don't know if we're allowed to do things like that in 20, like 19 anymore. Like if you're famous and stuff, like I don't know if that still happens. Yo, just take take a 20 minute guitar solo. I'm gonna be right back. And I'll finish the song in a minute. You know, like, like and that's kind of what they would do on tour. And it was like, well, I mean, DJ well, cuts. If we let DJ cuts run, like I don't think we're allowed to have sex tents anymore in 2019. I think it's just dangerous I'll just territory. Go back to like my changing room. I wonder though if you made everybody sign like a, a form, like I consent to entering this harem environment, knowing my entire purpose here is to be utilized as a groupie. I mean, I wonder if everybody signed papers, if that would make it okay. But I still think the optics would be bad. Like, you don't want to have that article written about you these days. It's just, that's a yesteryear thing. I mean, okay. And this is, no, actually, and this is really tangential, I know. That's part of what this podcast is. You love it or you don't. But interestingly enough, one of the main reasons of rock music not being so prominent anymore at all with the kids is you're not allowed to party like a rock star anymore and the only people doing it are rappers that middle class people judge therefore all the young kids are gravitating towards hip-hop party like a rock i mean like you're not really allowed to just do a bunch of blow and fuck 17 groupies like in a misogynistic way anymore i'm sorry that's not really appropriate fair you're not really like and i mean you can in private life but you're not really allowed to like brag about it or publicize it a rapper like it's just not really cool anymore because you know and i don't mean this in any sarcastic way because women are now like on the equal front and we're not trying to be like men are these super hero things we're trying to create like this new plane of existence where that like situation where dudes would party like rock stars is currently not exactly positive in our sexually repressed north american society yeah 
I don't know. That's the direction all this went. So Danny Brown got his dick sucked on stage, and I thought that was fantastic because he didn't fuck up. He just kept going, and I'm like, I hope one day if that happens to me, I have the ability to just keep going like Danny Brown. And moving along, um, I've heard of it, a few verses. Like he was on that song "Submission" with the Gorillas. Um, yep. He's on a whole bunch of like features throughout whatever. I mean, I loved his verse on Detroit vs. Everybody. I thought it like really like he stood up next to Rice, next to M, and it was like, damn, Danny Brown is like a contender. I'm pretty sure I've listened to Atrocity Exhibition or at least part of it, but I can't remember a damn thing. So it's something I should probably look at. I got told by some people in the comments that it's possibly a classic, really worth investigating in the way that we do because of the nature of the album it's in. It's also a lot longer than this one. This one being, you know what I'm saying? Either way, um, I just knew that the next time Danny Brown dropped a project that was new, I really wanted to review it. And then I saw he had an album coming. And weirdly enough, uh, a mid-40s colleague of mine basically sends me a message going, what do you know about Danny Brown? And then he sent me Dirty Laundry and is like, this is a really great song. The way he's fusing stuff. I believe this is guy is going to be like the future of everything in music. And this guy, is, or whatever, he, he's got his taste in yeah, yeah. Uh, music. That's fair. But one thing I have to say is having heard this project as a little spoiler, Danny Brown is on to something that will actually be a future trend in music. Like, he's not wrong. This album, I believe is going to be more of a reflection of the next four-ish years of music than what we've been seeing in the past. On that note, I love the album title because you know what I'm saying? It's just like a fun thing to say. I like the way he stylizes it as one word, deliberately, grammatically messing it up, the upside down question mark well, kind of. it's also a way of talking. But like, well, it's just, even with the, because with the upside down question mark, it almost sounds goofier. Like, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, almost passive, like adding to it a little mm -hmm. bit. But yeah, it is. It's it's a certain urban vernacular. Like, yeah. So I feel like there's also this, because to me, I kind of feel like there's also this connection of understanding the deeper meaning of what he's saying. Like, he's not just asking you the question if you like understand the surface level. Like when you really go through, I guess when you go through the lyrics, the album, and all that. Uh, like he's really kind of just asking you, like, do you get the deeper, deeper core meaning? So I thought that was kind of cool. Um, I don't have much to say about the name. I just, I think it's really just straightforward. And I like the cover. Um, I do like the cover. It's, it's just very... him peeking behind the wall like that. Like it just has this retro feel to it, mm -hmm. but it's so goofy. And you know what? I, I was like, I kind of miss his big hair. I actually I... had to go Google. Is that what Danny Brown looks like now? Because the hair that he used to have was so much part of how I recognized him. But I like it. Just the little mischievous eyes, like, looking up like a little innocent Danny Brown poking around, a goofy little guy. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. It just got me happy. The colors were really happy. Do you feel like it was happy? I mean, I felt like it was retro. Like, I felt, I feel like it was really old, old school-ish. Like, and I think it's, I think now, because I didn't actually know he was 38 but maybe there's like some type of connection or reflection of just like his past or whatever kind of feeling a little bit younger or something like that like you don't really see too many of these type of styles nowadays like the the, the faded color rainbow thing like it's a lot of just kind of like solid or really just like more images and shit so it, it gives off this like that's because it's really freaking hard to get your album approved unless you have like some standardized rules to it like you can only have certain text on it unless you're Kanye West and if you want to anyway so it's just it's easier to use images a lot because it's just simpler than trying to worry about coming up with a bunch of graphics interesting uh, but yeah that's kind of just what I got from it uh, anyway let's talk about the album track by track like we planned on doing the first song is called change up which is not what I'd like to do to this format this is what we do we talk all right, Chris, tell us all how you feel, and we'll change it up and all go, Psh. Um, This was a really weird start. Um, as a full, like, kind of sit-down, full-length album, pure introduction to Danny Brown, the sound wasn't something I was expecting. It wasn't something that was, like, 
I guess, a little bit familiar to me or whatnot. So I just kind of felt like, oh, this is a little bit weird. But it, on this really good tone, like it was, again, something just completely different. Uh, so I like that. Set a nice little context to the album. It gave me this idea that we're going to get some... Uh, because I like to believe that the instrumentals kind of set up what you're about to hear lyrically and whatnot, depending on how it's being presented. And I feel like because the because the instrumental is weird, we're going to get some like real shit, but it like presented in a weird way, in a sense. Um, <clears throat> now, I kind of feel like he starts off just being a little bit like braggy and kind of hard. Uh, first verse, Danny goes in and he goes, uh, they thought I was gone back from the grave, mind of a master, blood of a slave, heart of a king stuck in between the devil and angel on my shoulder when I speak. I like that line. Um, I like how he used, um, they thought I was gone back from the grave, mind of a master, blood of a slave. Like that is just so, that was hard hitting for me a little bit. Just kind of like bringing me back and thinking of like just the black history and, and all of that. Um, <clears throat> it's just like, whoa, he's really getting into the core right off the bat on the first, on the first song. So that was cool. The fact that he's kind of expressing like, I know what I physically look like. And I know how like, I'm kind of, I guess like people look at him or however he's judged. Um, but he's got the mind of a master because he's overcoming, you know, I guess the stereotypes and, and the, the judgments and the, and the negativity. And that was, that was something that was really cool to me. Um, I like when he said the devil, the devil and the angel on my shoulders. When I speak lost in the streets, found on the beat, still kept the clip asked, uh, asked and got it for the cheap kind of showing us like he's, a, he's kind of hard. He's still got to do what he's got to do. He's kind of got like maybe some like uh paranoia or trauma that kind of stays with him and that has to keep him uh strapped i feel like when he says still kept a clip he's meaning like a gun clip um maybe it's like a money clip i'm not sure but i still think it's the gun clip because uh, he follows up that line with need to calm down so pass me to weed so i feel like he's expressing that he's got some like shit that he deals with but he uses weed to kind of help him suppress it and kind of think about it, relax and calm down. And so far, you're really getting into to who he is. And that was something that was really cool. Uh, I like the rawness of it, the, the the griminess of it, how he's just not like he's not like sounding apologetic. He's just really like, this is who I am. Um, so that was cool for the first verse. Uh, I like how he also expresses uh, that he needs to calm down. Uh, so pass me to we got me stressed out. Situations look bleak. Time running out. How my days turn into weeks? Uh, because you really kind of get that sense of like he lost. He's lost track of time. Really like just doesn't know what's happening. And he's just kind of I guess maybe he went on like a drug trip or or just kind of went into a depression or something. Uh, and everything just blended into one. So that was something I guess I, I a little bit related to. Uh, to my own life so that was something cool that would hit uh then we get into the refrain which is a nice little setup to the song uh up all night toss and turn when i sleep pacing around drawn in sorrows in my drink can't even think got me uh got my mind wrapped up but i still bite down clench my teeth knuckle up i like how he's just expressing like he's not gonna give up like it's really just saying he's having trouble sleeping he's uh you know he's drinking trying to fight demons but He's not going to give up. He's still going to fight for it. He's going to still have to do what he has to do. Uh, the chorus kind of seemed a little simple to me. I'm going to keep going. You can't blame us. Never look back. I will never change up. Never look back. I'll never change up. Kind of repeats it. Um, I get the idea. He's not going to He's not gonna change and kind of... I feel like he's saying he's not going to change and give up. He's still going to be strong. He's still going to be that like independent rapper, artist, hard-hitting that he, he believes he is. So I'm really proud of that. Um, and then we get into verse two and I feel like verse two kind of just like follows suit the same with what he was saying in verse one. Um, something I did like was, so never try this scene cause you couldn't get bent cause you could get bent cause I protect mine from the beginning to the end. Lord have mercy. Pray from, pray for my distance. Pray for me. Distance from my friends, enemies close to me. Gotta stay at work. Things change in a blink. Gotta stay woke. They all in a deep sleep. And it's really just the concept for me how he's just kind of projecting like i know why i'm doing rap i know why i'm in the game i gotta do it for mine do it for my people uh but i also understand that i need to like be prayed for because i'm not really chilling with my friends but i'm always chilling with my enemies but i think it's that mentality of like keep your friends close but your enemies closer in a sense um you know he's hard working and i like how he dresses like things change in a blink gotta stay woke 
they all in a deep sleep it's like that's true things could happen instantly one minute you're here one minute you're gone one minute you got a job one minute you're fired like you know anything could happen instantly and you got to just be on your toes is kind of what i got there um i thought it was cool i thought it was a nice little intro into i guess who danny brown is and i really i guess i kind of understood a little bit of where we're going to be going uh but it didn't really overall it didn't really like hit me so 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 much but i gave it a four out of five I don't know what Chris is talking about. This shit's masterful. The production is is really solid. Like it's got that level of depth where the music isn't rap it isn't boring. You can listen to the song over and over and over again and just on like the instrumental from Paul White alone, uh, it's just magnificent. It's just this smooth flow where it like creates a groove where I do like how Chris pointed out how Danny Brown has this blunt and unapologetic tone in his voice. It's very comparable, in my opinion, to the way I say almost everything. Blunt and unapologetic. It's factually. This is what I think shit is, so this is what it is. I might sound stupid. You might not like it. That's not really the point. It's just about the expression, right? So I really liked even to that level of it. And I felt from an energy point of view and what Danny Brown's projecting, I was really into it. I was really into how little he cared what I thought per se, but more importantly, how honest he was trying to be so that I could connect to it if I wanted to. And that really was important to me. It's something like, like if I'm gonna say my favorite things out there, it's to be able to connect to the music. That's what I go to it for. I know some people go to it to be happy. I'm like, some people go to it to dance. I go to music to connect. And I feel like that was really cool. So what I know about Danny Brown is he was heavy into fucking drugs for a while, cocaine type shit. He was fucking lost, blitzed out of his mind, smashing groupies and all sorts of stuff. And then he got better. Like a rock star. Yeah, and then he kind of, he was in a paranoid state. I've read interviews and stuff kind of from that era about where he was at. And it wasn't like a good place. And I believe he's doing a lot better now. So what I took from the song is how in the first verse he's kind of, you know, commenting a little bit on his past. So they thought I was gone back from the grain mind of a master blood of a slave. What I got from that, you know, um, well, everyone else thought he was going to be gone forever based on how he was living. And he was pushing the brink of death, but no, he's come back from that. So he has the mind of a master with the willpower to beat it, but the blood of a slave because at the end of the day, you know, the drugs got a hold on me. Uh, heart of a king stuck in between the devil and an angel on my shoulder when I speak so I look at that as addiction and temptation how it's just you know what you want to be doing is right and I don't care who you are these days we're all hooked on vices whether it's the video games or the shopping or whatever like I know what mine are everybody knows what theirs are but you all end up at that moment where there's an angel and a devil on your shoulder maybe we are all have our ways where we waste money like we should and etc etc as an example right uh lost in the streets found on the beat you know still kept the clip asked and got it for a cheap now in the world where to pray for the weak you know like you hear that and you just get this sense of like almost desperations like but not like like putting yourself into a life that isn't necessarily what it's for but because you choose to be there it works so yeah it sounds like a little bit of a recto situation where it does end up on that point where it's just you know i'm freaking out give me weed i'm stressed and like you're just passing days and weeks going by which almost all i feel like all of us have moments like that i don't think there's very many people on earth who can just maintain high levels of productivity all the time without those like weeks where you just crash and you freaking suck and you can't get stuff done properly i know in my world it's like that you can almost map out those weeks based on the freaking video release schedule on my on this channel those weeks where we got like eight videos somehow out those were not weeks where i was feeling lazy those weeks where like very little's coming out well situations are looking bleak time's running out how my days turn to weeks all right so i hear that and i'm like that was really like a real thing um but yo i i feel like not so much now in my life but there's been many moments where that refrain where he kind of 
captures the anxiety of what it's like to be trapped in those moments in the middle of the night kind of thing and it was again really relatable but for me the chorus is what sells the song right because it's the bridge between what i believe to be the past and the present so in the depths of all that the mantra to kind of ground yourself and keep you focused is i'm gonna keep going you cannot blame us so fuck you haters i'm gonna keep doing what i gotta do don't look back because the past holds you back but it's, you know i would never change up which i took is i'm not ashamed of my past either like it is kind of who i am it's what defines me so a lot of criticisms whatever never look back i would never change up you know he says it again and again because it's important that you focus on going forward with your life and maturity and growth these are things i very much have been focused on in the last couple of years of my life and so hearing that it's just like ah yeah danny brown mantras baby and then he does the second thing but what i like is how he ends the hook instead of going i would never change up but it goes i would never as if maybe he would change up so it's almost like i would never change up is kind of like a way of clinging to your past so he actually does change up at the end of the chorus and moves on to something maybe better this is what i'm taking from it hmm. but if you look at it because it kind of i think it's in a sense you're supposed to grow without compromising who you are but in a sense that means you're not changing up because you're not compromising who you are but you're also not static forever because then you're never growing and that's pretty crappy so in a sense i don't know whatever looking back don't do it but then you got that second verse you know every other day i was some shit i'm the underdog but i'm never over it gotta keep a grip on the rent dude people trying to get you for every last cent ain't no pretend ain't trying to make amends just trying to keep my legacy i'm legend in the end so complications coming out of time trying to focus and the tone's different here like all of a sudden it goes from like almost this desperation this this temptation thing to i'm focused yo my legacy's proper wow look at what i've accomplished i got things i'm going to be doing but i gotta worry about the situations and the people going on so it's the same level of maybe paranoia and stress and anxiety but the tone in my opinion completely shifts from i am almost a victim of my myself to I have to be cautious and aware because I'm distanced from my friends, enemies close to me. You know, gotta stay at work, things change in a blink, gotta stay at work, they're on a deep sleep. I think a lot of this has to do with his peers in the game, his peers in life, all of us right now. I mean, depending on the level of reading and knowledge you acquire, you're gonna be at different levels with other people there. Let's say, I hate the term woke, but your level of genuine wokeness um can can really put you to a point where you look around and just see a lot of people's in a deep sleep a, a little bit of a denial about the real dark truths of some parts of the world anyway i, I don't want to go too far in that direction but i like the honesty of how he feels and as somebody that tries to elevate my consciousness as much as possible I related a lot to the core tenets of both the, the darker past to the more positive but hard future, the overall mansion-ness of the song, and then ending back at that point where it's almost like still that anxiety is almost always there. And I was like, this is like a really great start to the album. And I gave it a 4.5 on 5. I wasn't really sure sonically what to expect, but I kind of, I'm really happy with what I got so far um and then the next song is about chris it's a theme song hey dissed you all right chris compared to me it looks like you got two left shoes what you gonna say about that chris i didn't really get this song in terms of like a deeper message but i think it's about just haters like just overall um i like how he starts off in verse one you can act stupid if you want to never play by the rules do just what i want to come up in this bitch tongue out without a front tooth now who they say is number one influencer he number two he danced good but guess where he got the moves but compare me to you you look like you got two left okay shoes. hold on hold on hold on who is he talking about is this about a person or I just think it's like a self-reflection of himself because <clears throat> he in the video i watched i mean the hair and the front like the tongue out and the hair front tooth i mean kind of kind of looks like him but then it also could he be had his front the... tooth out knocked out when he was a kid over an accident so that could have been him no i mean 
So you can act stupid if you want to. Never play by the rules. Just do what I want to. Came into this game, bitch. Uh, came into this bitch, tongue out with my with a front tooth. So I feel like he's talking to himself like in a mirror or some shit. Like you can act stupid if you wanted to. You never played by the rules. Like addressing when he was younger, and then as an older, he's like, I came into this bitch without my da 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 da. Said the number one influencer. He may have been influencing people, taking drugs or whatever. Uh, he number two. Now, I don't really know what that line is, but, but I that's feel like what, it's... That's what I'm saying. I don't think it's 100%. I think he's he's potentially targeting maybe the people who are, are copying off of his style or something like that, right? And he's kind of pointing out, I already came in and did this tomfoolery thing. Look at all y'all with your tomfoolery thing that you got going on right now. You're just kind of doing what I'm doing or what I did once upon a time, you know? Boy, I treat him like, but compared to me, it looked like he wore two left shoes. So maybe it's his past against his present self. That is entirely possible too. Okay. As though, you know, compared to his past self, he was a kind of goofy to today, but it could also be how, and especially cause like in the second verse, it kind of has this like essence that the youngins don't really show respect to the people that they're taking the ideas and inspiration Which from. Which I did get that, yes, in the second verse. So when I bring that back to the first verse, I think it's still kind of a commentary on, look, I was like that I am like this now so maybe that was kind of goofy back then but uh, all these other people are taking it and then it's kind of like boy I treat them little virgins like the rest for them take my hand and dance with the devil oh boy you in trouble rattle the lion cage hope God strikes you down while you praying on stage I mean that almost sounds like he's going after some people right you know right. like commenting on how like almost like some specific situations that I'm unaware of and I just but I like the way he spits it with the same tone and the way he just wraps it out you know then repent for my sins like God I'm saved he always forgive later on I forget have my fingers crossed so I'm back on that shit catch another body for the song gets mixed the bullets is the lyrics turn the rapper to spirit that's just interesting right because it's like he kind of hopes that god strikes you down realizes oh crap that's not even an effective strategy because fundamentally you can just repent and ask god for forgiveness and well god's gonna do that so well i gotta go back on my stuff record up a song and take you out lyrically right. and i'm like that is some convoluted but pretty damn awesome way of like dealing with a petty ass situation you know, your song's like Biddy, Bishop Eddie Long with a thong on. I'm the wrong one to foot on. My ball's on her Kit Kat. Now she playing ping pong, which I thought was goofy because he's kind of got a comical goofiness to him. Which but I do enjoy. Again, it feels like he's targeting like somebody with that. <clears throat> I, mean, I, I, I as we're breaking it down together, I can see that. Um, and then what's the chorus? This the theme song for Chris Ass People. Well, Whoops. yes. Uh -huh, I see I did it again. Got a little richer, not a head all bigger. So what I take from that is if you look at maybe certain cats in the game these days who may have been inspired by a Danny Brown character, how they're popping off. Maybe they're not giving the credit. Like, I don't really know. I'm a little bit speculating because like, it kind of sounds like... He's a little salty itself, But that line itself Got a little richer Now their head all bigger Like that That even listening to this Like reviewing it at my house It 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 did give off that like You are making money And now you're You're You think you're on top of the world But it's also like A very common theme From The classic quest side of this channel Like everybody Seems to have songs like this Because Honestly Here's the thing Like even when you Look at people you know in real life who get a little bit of money, their head gets all bigger. It gets super relatable because it's kind of what happens. Not everybody knows how to really hustle and stay humble with that. So I imagine if you're a guy like him who, I mean, let's be real. At this point, it's had a pretty big career. Maybe some, some years have passed since his last album. Some new cats is in the attention and the spotlight right now. And I don't know. But... Um, I just kind of like when he goes, you know, in the second verse, listen here, little Richard, I don't know what got into you. I did more for the game than you. That's why I had to cut into you. You need to be checked. So yeah, I guess he's commenting on the people with the overly eccentric outfits and whatnot, you know, the way people are potentially taking from the game rather than actually contributing to the game, which is another narrative. I see a lot of the older cats uh, spitting these days, which is interesting. It's been about three years since his last album, 2016. Yeah. When your shows like the Rockettes, 
to some majorettes give me a mic and a dj and i'm set because these bars so where he's commenting i think there is how grandiose and big and illustrious a lot of these cats performances are compared to say a danny brown where he's like yo just give me my dj and give me the mic and that's all i need to rock a crowd this is more like that hip-hop where and i don't want to take shots at travis scott here but dude at a roller coaster you know like like this is more like you're creating a spectacle rather than maybe being somebody that's spitting but i think so okay because i have i have heard like different conversations and had had this talk i I guess it depends on how you qualify like you you categorize yourself as the person making the art because like i could understand if you're like an if you categorize yourself as like an mc rapper this but like a somebody like travis scott he kind of categorize himself as like an entertainer as an artist so like him bringing the whole head and the whole astral world thing to the stage it kind of just it, it feels like it fits more just his thing like i don't know why on the other like, hand can... when you're grabbing from <clears throat> classic hip-hop to sell your you know sicko world song a little bit you know don't stop pot that pussy or give right. me the loop give me like I'm just saying, like, you can say what you want about yourself, but you're ultimately in the lanes that we end up being in. And I think that in 2019, the lines are a lot more blurred. You're not just, like, one genre anymore because it's almost impossible to stay in a genre line without having to evolve and stay fresh and relevant. And hip-hop is pop music in a lot of ways, but what i'm trying to say is that there is an essence of just being the raw poetry and adding value in a certain way to the game and how as a performer in my opinion if you're able to hold it down we're just doing the dj and rock that crowd that is a completely different expertise than if you have an illustrious performance. I, mean, I feel that because it's like all on, it's, it's on you and the DJ. Like here's the like thing. like the spotlight. I went to see Insane Clown Posse and getting sprayed with Fago and all the theatrics was amazing. It was a great experience. But it, I wasn't like really going that, let's say like they didn't have all that. I don't know that it would have been quite as fun. Like they, they wouldn't have been able to hold it down without mm-hmm. all that, you know, like it's almost like gimmicky, which is fine. And I'm not hating on that. But at the same time, you kind of want to ha- see a guy. Like, watch DMX uh, and his performance at the Woodstock 1999. And it's just him and fucking uh, Swizz, I believe, on the, on the DJ, whoever his DJ was at the time. And he has, like, all those people freaking the fuck out with, like, no theatrics. It's ridiculous. So I'm saying there's something to that. The, the charisma and all of that and then i like the rest in peace to p which i wasn't sure if it was sean price or prodigy but one of those two and rest in peace to both those men taught me to keep it real stand on my own if i got you rock up brain with his nose bone no time for the gimmicks and i ain't gotta lie when i say i'm independent and i'm like that's what's up man i have so many grievances abilities man it's just so many people throw to our independent i'm independent I am literally an independent, self-published, literally no deal fucking rapper. I know what the hell independent means, okay? This isn't like just some grandiose crap. You got distro deals with major labels and stuff. You may be independently connected, but you're starting to use the word independent a little loosely in my opinion, okay? And y'all can disagree with me, but the second you start playing with the big boys, you're a little less independent because you're reliant upon those distribution deals and things like that. Right. There are four. You're dependent on things. Now, you can be independent in the sense that you create your... And you know what? I don't even know if Danny Brown's distro deal was. I don't know how the fuck you promoted this album. For all I know, Danny Brown is guilty of exactly what I'm talking about. I tried to look into it a little bit, but it looks like he's got his own little thing he's got set up that he pushes through it. In 2019, unless you're really dealing with physical copies, you can just go... Like, I signed up at DistroKid. It was 20 bucks. I upsold to $35.99. So now we can put out Chris's songs on the same account. Yeah! And then it's like, okay, that's it. Now you can put your shit on Spotify. It's like, do you really need? That's independent. You start going down promo packages with labels and other people offering you services and this and that. I don't know. I I don't know. This is just my point of view on the situation. 
Tech Nine is not really that independent to me with his monster corporate sponsorships and all these other things. Like to me, that doesn't feel so independent. It seems like he's just as corporate as a major label, and he's distributing through major labels. And like, sure, you can say he owns his label, but does he really? I'm certain there's somebody that can be like, yo, Tech, you actually can't do what you want because money's attached to this. Like somebody along the way, because he's that rich, he's in that realm of life. You know, there's too many brands involved for it to be, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Like if Monster just, like if he has to put a Monster can somewhere in the video. Yeah, every like, time. Put it every time. It's like that's that's not that's not so like you're independent anymore. Right. Right. Because if you don't put that's it, that's the shit that, that we make fun of in Hollywood productions. When I say we, I mean people as jaded as I do. All I'm trying to say is I respect Danny Brown's authenticity on this, and I actually just like the way it came off, and I like the way he he almost is fronting on the the fakeness of everybody else, and and kind of being like you got to give a little bit before you take. I thought it was cool, and I gave uh, what did I give this song? I don't remember. I gave it a 4.35. I felt like it was like a sarcastic, dry slap you in the face track. 4.35. I thought the outro featuring ASAP Ferg was cool. Yeah, I could. I, it was fine. Like it wasn't like a big thing. I just thought it was cool. Like, just shows that like, um, you know, Danny Brown's kind of still chilling out with some people who are, I guess, a little bit relevant. Like, oh, he's chilling with relevant people, as we'll get to shortly. Right. Uh, you know that. You saw the feature list. Of course. <laughs> of course. Um, I gave the song a four. Um, it says no taste. I I like the song, and I and I like what he's presenting. I guess it's just like it's a weird. It's really just weird sounds and kind of just like weird to get into at first. But then uh, you get into it. But but you do then, yeah, you get into it. All, All right. right. Dirty Laundry. Let's Next go. up, I actually have to go downstairs between uh, these two songs and put my washed laundry into the dryer because it was previously Dirty Laundry. Real talk. See you in a bit. All righty. So this track seems to be Danny Brown <clears throat> reflecting on a different time and describing in a very candid way some uh, sexual exploits that he kind of went on in his life. I don't think it's just sexual exploits. I think it's uh, sexual exploits, drug trafficking, and dealing and stuff. I mean, um, I feel like this is a song that he's air- like literally like airing out his dirty laundry. 80% sex, 20% drug dealing. Like... Uh. The whole first verse. The hybrid, I'm telling you, try again, sleep with the beast, Daniel and the lion den. Okay, he's in a tough environment. Still right. drop dirty after Papa Nyakin, itched all damn day just to get violated. Okay, so, you know, he has to do some drugs to get through a situation. Ever seen a roach with babies have babies in the hood? Like, whatever, we in this bitch together. So it almost seems like, you know a little bit weird in terms of people being sleazy and all sorts of kids appearing probably right, due to certain atmosphere it's like we're all in we're all in that and, uh, together, right? he's like whatever we're all here together once got a hoe and had money for the room so we did the humpty bump in the burger king bathroom okay so now we're already at sex here low-key kept it undercover the way she slurp slurp she's the quicker picker upper so he didn't want to tell anybody but she sucked dick real proper in that burger king bathroom and she slurped it up nice no job dropped out in a felon so he has nothing going on really except that he's that he's a dropped out on the net met a fat white bitch named helen okay 300 pounds maybe more like 280 had a couple babies 270 give or take caught that securing the bag had to fight the baby dad try to stop how i eat so i got up in his ass so, so i took that like he had to fuck some bitch and get some drugs out of the situation i took that as like the whole like the whole on the net met a fat white bitch named helen that's not even a real bitch i think that's literally just white girl he's using white girl the so, term for cocaine as that and he I got think 300 like, pounds of cocaine maybe it was 280 um I had a couple babies, so he chopped it up into dime bags. But I also think he's being very literal in the sense, because there is a phenomenon in the hood where younger men will fuck women to get money or things like that mm-hmm. in a sense. So I took her like you met some woman who was hooking him up with drugs. And part of the arrangement was literally she's some fat white woman who wanted the dick. Hmm. So, I mean, you're probably right that it plays on this double entendre. Right. But I'm actually willing to bet that part of this song is to point out the The really sleazy shit you do. Like, the fact is, man, if all you had to do is fuck some woman and she's going to give you drugs and she's hideous, 
maybe you do have to pop a little pilly to get your dick hard or whatever, but you get up in there and you plot out woman and you get that drugs and you flip it, you know, like I mean, you gotta do what you gotta do when you when you come from that, I guess, type of life. So yeah. And then the next one, what's in the dark, always kind of light, head was nasty, you think she has head lice, well I try, throw bleach in your eye, put your life on a line, hang them out to dry, so that throw bleach in your line is probably back to Biggie, so perhaps it is also commentating again, the, the griminess of the environment he's in, but also the nasty head he was getting. Put your life on the lot, whatever. Trying to keep my hands clean out here, riding dirty shit, get messy, mop them up with the 30. Hot tide, gain off the arm and hammer. So, yeah, okay, probably is pretty druggy. So, they're like, that's all druggy. Trying to get my hand, whatever, boom, 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 boom. Uh, swim towards the current system, try to drown me, stain your red, like, like Clorox record, and like dark. And dark. Okay, I fine. like that he's you're keeping right. me. So, laundry the, things there, and yes, you're right. This was more druggy, Chris. Uh, and then out the slums had temptations, so I hustled the roughin. Papa was a rolling stone, so I sold rocks to him. Beam up Scotty, we got lift off Houston, left my sack of my clothes. Mama just did a load. Ate all of my jeans, fiends say it tastes like soap. So that's saying, you know, when he sold it after the laundry soap, but also apparently cocaine would be cut with laundry soap in order to, like, you know, sell it for more of a profit. And so he's moving some coke. All right, Chris, fine. It's a drug metaphor. So I'll give you this. The third verse, 25 a peep show when I entered the booth, mopped the floor when yep. I leave. My nah, it just sounds do. like he's literally jacking off into porn things. Right. Fuck Cover a your bitch. ears of your <laughs> kids when you go around too. That, okay, so that, when I reread that now line, I just went. he's in the and he's fucking some girl. So. But I picture like he's fucking the girl, like cover, cover your ears of your kids. I feel like she's literally fucking the girl and she's like. Well, I also picture it like there's a lot of environments where the woman's there and he comes in and he supplies whatever and the arrangement is you go into the next room. I don't fucking care if your kid's sitting there. I can fucking put headphones on. It's not really my problem. I'm going to fucking take this right now. I mean, I get that, but I'm making the point of the kid is literally right there. I know. But then he's like, oh, fuck, a stricker, fuck a stripper for some change. You're like, all right, he's flipping it up. No, actual change. Dime, penny, nickels actual change and he's like nah i gave her some change so he tells you the story how he was just left his house in a hurry there was some laundry money he was gonna go do some laundry and he's like well that's all i have sorry so she does it she fucks him um and then the next morning he sees her doing laundry using that same laundry money i'm like that's fucking hilarious and then the video he has like this sleazy fucking old school i want to say pimp outfit on yeah, yeah. he has like a, deliberately got a fat suit on under there he's just looking like the grossest guy but like with the the confidence he oozes in that video is ridiculous i find it very entertaining to watch i thought this song was magnificent and i gave it a five give it a 4.2 which to Chris is like the best song on the album. So, cause he's being a hater with his grades this time around. But no, for real, I thought this song was really me memorable. Something I could listen to again and again and really fun. And then uh, the next track has some friends that I really like. So let's talk about how there's three tiers in a bucket. Fuck it. So very recently we talked about JPEG Mafia. JPEG Mafia made the beat to this here song featuring the homeboys LP and Killer Mike Run the Jewels because Run the Jewels is up on here. Are y'all stoked for RTJ4? I'm stoked for RTJ4. Anyway, so this track comes in and then, you know, oh, you got this little intro. Oh, we went to Sky High School. I haha, went to school. We was doing JPEGs, which but is kind of a little shout out to JPEG Mafia who does the beat. But it's also, um, he's interpolating uh, Kanye's interview with Charlemagne. Kanye, Kanye says the same thing. Oh, we went to school, right? We went to school, all right. How? We went to school. We were doing JPEGs in Japan. I watched the video. Oh. Scroll down on Genius. I, okay, <clears throat> sure. Um, and then uh, Danny Brown just kind of does his verse where I feel like he just kind of is, again, reflecting back on a day where he used to do a little things in his life. He used to cut the rock with no glove on, shove on the block, develop a love Jones. The reason why your hoe got them rug burns, it's no limit, call me Mr. Servon. And it's just cool the way he rhymes it. His flow is fun. I like the fact that on every track, he's trying to like do something different with the rhyme schemes and really just kind of keep it versatile and alive in a way where I feel like I never get bored just kind of listening to him rap. I wanted to comment on the line, uh, talking, uh, talking back in the day when I had a chirp phone, 
my homie made a wrong turn, got flipped in the zone. I had to say I was a smoker just so I can go home. Every day another episode. I'm just trying to hear I'm just trying to hear the beat like a stethoscope. Um I like that because it kinda also shows that he's he's kinda in it, like like in the environment that he's in, you have to do it. It's like survival is the survival of the fittest in a or sense. Like if you end up in the wrong place, like so I mean we know he was distributing a certain product, but in this case it's like you end up in the wrong place. So mm-hmm. how are you gonna get out of it? Oh no, this is for my consumption. I smoke right. crack, I'm a crackhead kind of thing instead of, you know, right. Being, that's kind of what I took from that. And then he had to almost lie and, and do whatever he had to do to save his life. So what I thought was interesting is when he goes every day another ep- uh, another episode, he's kind of putting it out like, my life is literally in jeopardy with this life. So I got to keep my ear to the streets like a stethoscope, like my baseline stick, like a Texas home. And that's fun because the, the baseline is in the song, as in the heartbeat of the streets, and then as in the waste of a Texas home. It was written, but the signature not legible, which is a cool like nod to that Nas album and the way it's put out, but mm-hmm. nobody can really understand it. So that's fascinating. Ah, he's really good. He's really poetic. And then a demon on the hunt for the succubus. Why you on some pedo shit? Hit it, then fucker, bitch. I don't think you know who you're fucking with. And that's an interesting point. So it's almost like when you're fucking her bitch, if you don't know who you're fucking with, you might end up accidentally on some pedo shit. And then now, anyway, I just thought it was like a direct. You need to know who you're dealing with when you engage in these situations. And then he's like, two tears in a bucket, fuck it, which is an expression. Uh, I don't really know. It's from some old shit. And uh, it was popularized by George Clinton through a cameo role in the 1990 comedy movie House Party, which I don't remember. There you go. So it's some classic crap. I don't know where he's coming from, but I really like the way he goes, fuck it. And then I don't care about nothing. That part was super clear. LP just comes in and it's nice. He lets Danny know that it's dangerous because Run the Jewels is chaos and arrangements. Shit'll give you a fuck face, a facelift. And then he just kind of does his harsh shit, you know? He's very grimy. He's almost like every line just punches a little bit, and I really enjoy it. Um, my favorite is when he goes, True Doom, eat your crew up like mm, food. Because MF Doom had yep. the album mm, Food. That's a brilliant line. Say their name, it's like you're praying for pain, but you rude. Keeps it going. It's really nice. Got a brain, you go move it or lose it, you screwed. And I like the way he adds in the second rhyme scheme to kind of play up a little the aims and the ouds all together to like flow it through. It's very nice. I really enjoyed that. For LP's verse, uh, I feel like it kind of follows the same narrative of kind of bringing the idea of where they come from, the atmosphere and the environment. Danny, it's dangerous. Run the jewels is chaos and arrangements. So he's kind of already expressing, like he's talking to da- uh, Danny Brown and he's kind of explaining, like, this is what Run the Jewels is and we're like a different arrangements of chaos and stuff like that. Uh, and after the shit'll give you, uh, give your fuck face a facelift. He goes, Papa did the triple Lindsay flip when the cane hit. Mama never met a bottle that she couldn't drain quick. Stuck mm. in a room mood, the fuck shit approaches like we believe in nothing, Lebowski. Anyway, there, uh, there's no motive. No, but that's true. So it's like, I feel like he's also kind of getting a little bit personal and expressing like, you know, this is the type of life I was living. You know, my pops was on cocaine. My mom was a drinker. Uh, but also kind of maybe expressing the atmosphere again. Like, this is what we see on a daily basis. Um, I do also like, uh, I babble on trying to get bags, like fuck them all. Death is on my couch and I'm telling him jokes, stalling him. Like, that's also a really good fucking line too, as in like, you know, you could die at any moment. And it's like, especially in the atmosphere they may be living in or they may have grown up in or whatnot with the drugs and, and the abusiveness and the toxicity. Yeah. Death is kind of just chilling around the corner the entire time. Um, so that was also really cool. And then he does his hook, and then Killer Mike just takes the track and goes a little bit. I think is actually really, really cool. Kind of like, kind of like um, addressing how to change this mentality, how to change shit in a way. Okay. He goes, I don't give a fuck about Trump who got dumped, who protesting, collecting at their garbage dump, and I don't really give a fuck about giving a fuck. And who feels that black celebrities ain't giving and. and enough give him the fat dick fat slick son of a bitch better than you are and you are the son of a whore and it's interesting right so he's like i don't really care about trump or whatever and maybe he seems to be commenting a bit on the social issues at a time and the attitude about not giving a fuck and i do think maybe you're right maybe they're kind of embodying that a little bit 
Probably from a place of feeling it. Cause well, it, my dad, t well, Killer Mike, my dad told me that your mom was something mean on her knees. But thank God we ain't related because she swallowed the seeds. Happy belated, I'm elated to know we ain't well, related. Well, because he calls himself a son of a bitch. And then he calls them a uh, son of a whore. And then follows in that line because he's saying it's better than your mom being a whore. And that he's kind of glad that your mom swallowed the dick. But it's also, like, yeah, I think it's also related. again relating, like, this is the type of shit that he sees out there. But I also think it's, like, pointing out that, like, you're cowardice or you're, like, a different tier of stuff. So while you're attacking him and you're maybe coming at him for his opinions or whatever because mm -hmm. you don't give a fuck, he doesn't give a fuck about your apathy you know, and how you're not really willing to come into it. So maybe it is a bit of a counter to the other verse. And he's kind of saying, nah, I'm a, a higher degree. So thank God we're not related. And that, you know, your mom swallowed my dad's dick. <laughs> so tell your special kids, stop saying Auntie Shana, my lady. A sip on fine, uh, wi fine wines, fine dines and dimes and nines. I got an Einstein, Einstein, Einstein mine and a still tote iron. I'm a PIMP in my own rhyme, space age gorilla pimping out the cage with mine. I like that whole. It just sounds four amazing. Lines. Those are really cool. But it also flosses so well. And then would you steal from me if it's goddamn mine? I'll do that. Would you kill for me? Nah, you you goddamn mine, and that's goddamn no, right. But, I'm goddamn on. Mike. He's killer, on. Mike. <laughs> so I like I like how he goes. I like how it goes. Would you steal from me if it's goddamn mine? As if he's implying that I'll only steal from you if it technically belongs to me, or if you took from me in the first place. Exactly. So that was really really cool. Um, I like how he kind of dresses up like I ain't gonna kill. Uh, addresses the fact that he's not gonna kill for. You know, somebody, even though his name's Killer Mike. Right. And then, I don't know. Then there's the chorus again, and it's it just kind of fades out, and everybody's there. And I thought this was really fun to listen to. I like the beat. Uh, JPEG Mafia did a great job on that. Check out a review on JPEG Mafia's uh, All My Heroes Are Cardin Balls album. And uh, Three Cheers to Me gets a 4.75 on 5. It's freaking ridiculous. That's a 4.5. Next up, though. We're going to talk about the belly of the beast. So, what do you think of this one, Christopher? It was interesting. Um, the beat really kind of took me on a trip. Like, it's just got these weird synthy sounds and just these waves in it. And it's all over the place. And it was cool. It was really, 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 really cool. Um, I feel like verse one, Danny's going in and... He's kind of like still expressing just, I think, a lot of things that he may have been going through still. Uh, manic off Zanny bars, sack like Santa Claus, that puts you in the f uh, figure four. My literature is like I wrote it in silver and you're on the podium with speech of rhodium. I'll be completely honest. I don't know like a lot of these uh connections or these rhymes but the way he's pronouncing the way he's presenting them is really really cool um but i also still think like it's it's kind of the same i guess not the same stuff but the same uh, uh the same i guess narrative in a way because he follows up your bitch like a leech on my scrotum ho tried to kill this dick strangled them and choked him after she was done i looked down at my penis like she really ain't mean it i like that i like that little humor he kind of threw in there uh i like the uh I like what he says, homie, I'm anemic with the ink, you Stevie Wonder Blink. I just, I don't know what he means, the anemic. Well, the, well anemic is in like you're, you're lacking iron. Oh, right, so right. So you're not hitting hard. And then you a Stevie Wonder Blink because he's blind. So what's the point in that blink? So he's essentially calling you pointless or aimless or like futile. Which I kind of really like. Um, I also think that like part of this verse, uh, after like the whole US TV Wonder Blink, he's kind of attacking, I guess, like the, the little rappers again, like just the newer well, generation. Cause... He goes, I pulled a biscuit, then you dip like cocktail sauce, and then it sounds he, he's so fancy. I eat so many shrimp, I get iodine po poison, which is you know in a sense flossing, right? Because right. you're able to eat such an expensive food to the, in excess to the point where it's bad for you. But I also kind of felt like he's calling the yellow rappers like shrimp. Like, mm. like you know like good, i eat so good many point. shrimp i got iodine oh like shit good point rappers. 
And then hose on my dick because I look like Roy Orbison. And he's fucking their bitches just like everyone else. And then I love the fact that he like plays with the timing or the rhythm a little bit there. It makes it kind of spicy. Yeah. Uh, and then let's be real, best line. I got a foursome with four fours and I call it a 12. One was chubby, one was ugly, whack as hell. And in that case, he himself is one of the fours. That's why it's a foursome with three women that he's calling a 12. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. So he, he did fuck a 12 because he fucked three uh, less than attractive ladies. Whack as hell. Um, but I, I think that this song is again like kind of following suit, just in the going because the first verse is from 2013 in a Tim Westwood freestyle he did. Right. So I think like as we've seen on this album, it's a lot of reflection into where he's his past and some stuff. So I think this verse is supposed to kind of reflect his past a lot. And then you have the chorus from Obongjiar. And uh, I like it. This can't be real. I'm in a dream. I don't have skin. I'm just shine. Uh, I just shine, which is a little bit of an allusion to the later on track, Shine. Mm -hmm. They can't contain me. I'm free. It feels like losing your mind. So it's almost like the chorus is describing like this drug-induced euphoria or that he was living through during this period because when he I describes can't. it he's a maniac of Zanibar sack like Santa Claus that puts you in the figure you know so he's starting it off like but I feel like it could also be in relation to his uprising to fame like he's he's blowing up people are listening to him he's starting to get like he's untouchable because he's like this rap whatever unless I'm mistaken and like a lot of his early stuff was a little more druggy I'm not, I'm not disputing that. I'm just saying, like, I, I that's how it's kind of like when I'm kind of running through it as well. Like, I'm not, I'm not disputing that it wasn't druggy, but this could also be like. However, one of my, sorry, go on. I was just saying, like, this could be like, you know, you're on drugs while you're, while you rise to fame, and this is why because you keep in you're mind, like, like, this verse is from 2013, so we can't look at it with like this is about 2019 rappers. We, that's it's not, you, no, that's what, I'm, that's not. So, what I'm however, it's used. It yeah like him like the chorus yeah. is is his rise to fame at 2013 when he was coming up mm. and he's acting out on drugs fucking right, women right, right, and all right. this stuff and now the second verse i feel is like a more present yeah. verse which is like something he keeps i feel he keeps doing that again and again on this album which i really like the way he plays with time and perspective but mm. let's let's just say one of the coolest uh diss bars that you've got is my literature is like i wrote it in silver so it's dope it's fresh it's valuable and you're on the podium with speech or rhodium your bitch like a leech on my scrotum so my shit's valuable and you're not written like that that's brilliant stuff actually what's rhodium uh, hold on, let me just click on that again. It's a silver white metallic element that is highly reflective, so it's it's oh. a little cheaper. It's a little copy. Oh, so it's like it's like I'm diamond, you're cobic zirconium. Yeah, kind of. Okay. But more fun because right. nobody else does it. And then come on, psycho, crazy, deranged, spitting on tracks like oncoming. This train, is verse two, which is amazing, right? Because he's going crazy, which is like you're off the train. So he's spitting on tracks like an oncoming train, which is. I just have the like like the trains coming, and it's just like you just keep placing tracks going down. But on top of that, I look at it because we spitting on tracks rapping, but like typically you'd be off the train or whatever rails right, off, the, off, the, off the rails. Yeah, if yeah. you're crazy but instead he's crazy so he's spitting on tracks so now he's rapping on train tracks with a train coming because <laughs> he's crazy uh vocal laid down like tower burning in flame uh tower burning flame sipping gasoline made her poor canteen stone temp and then he just flips it stone temple pilot crashed into the wall while listening to wu-tang and rubbing on his balls which i really like the stone temple pilot crashed into a wall because stoned temple pilot like he's stupidly high while driving uh, well, like being a pilot and he crashed into a wall. Walls are usually made out of stone, concrete, X, Y, Z, A, B, C. So that was a really cool play on words for me. Um, while listening to Wu-Tang and rubbing on his balls, often bars of football's thoughts playing foosball. I don't know the whole uh, often bars of footballs. I feel like if somebody goes often bars, it's like Zanny bars. That's just how I kind of just associated that that phrase. Uh, please, in the comments, let me know what that means. Thank you. Um, follows up with, in VIP, sleep with shades on the booyah. Uh, so bitch bust that shit open like you landed knee first. Let me stick my finger in it. What it smell like birth. Wait, what did you ask people? Um, often bars of footballs thoughts playing foosball but I, when somebody goes like often bars That's like Zannies. That's what I'm saying, but I don't understand. I don't understand the often bars of footballs 
thoughts playing foosball. Like, I don't understand the well, football foosball is basically like the little condensed game. Yeah, I know what foosball is. A football, which is soccer, if you think about it. In English term, but is, is he saying football in, like, UK? Or is he saying football in America, which is a different sport? I took it more like footballs as in soccer, because that made sense to, com- to compare it to foosball, which is a soccer-like thing. Anyway, um... I don't know, I liked it. I liked the way it just kind of has that zoned out situation. Um, and VAP, sleep with shades on the booyah, so bitch, bust that shit open like you landed in first. Let me stick my finger in what it smell like, birth. That's an interesting point. I don't know what birth smells like, but I suppose vagina might actually smell like birth in the right circumstance. Right. Um, and then he basically says, if it smells nice, I'm going to get the work. And if it smells like perch, which is a fish, got to disperse. Well, I, mean, I guess technically... And then you can't be born unless you're C-sections. You really just can't be born. I mean, I'm certain it has a smell. Is all I'm saying. Uh, I'm a pervert wearing sherbet. Take your baby mama Turner as a young mama should have handcuffed me to the furnace. I like the fact that he calls himself a pervert. Not enough people do these days. Then you get the hook again. And I just I feel like because like the Stone Temple Pilots guy died of a drug overdose. Uh, so in the sense of looking at this kind of flamed up world he's living in, it's honestly like he doesn't give a fuck with that Wu-Tang and he's high all the time with the Stone Temple Pilots line, you know, and it just his mind is like, the you know, fading, like what he perceives as real isn't necessarily so. And he's just kind of lost in his fuel or whatever. And he just ended up fucking and, you know, it just feels like he's really describing this spun out world really well. Like this track is like the low point. He was in the midst of the belly of the beast, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's almost like so far in this album, it's like kind of documenting a little bit his descent into madness before yeah. we like flow into how the album will shift. Right. Um, either way, I thought this song was really great. Again, I'm really into this album. I'm giving this a 4.5. I gave it a 4.2. All right, so we're at the halfway point, and we've been talking a lot. And when we say halfway point, if you count, like, the intro bit, that's, like, the length of talking about a song. So it's, like, the halfway point, and there's six more to talk about, which we'll get to soon. I don't know. We're going to cut it here for the end of part one so that we can go do part two. Yeah! woo Cheers! Anyway, thank you all for watching. We appreciate you making it this far with us. For those of you that did, you all the real VIPs. Um, let us know what you thought about the album so far. Let us know what your thoughts on this review is so far. Have a little conversation with us in the comments. If you make that effort to leave a comment, I'll make that effort to answer you. Like the video if you liked it. Subscribe to the channel for part two and other reviews. I dropped a song release recently on this very channel. I'm going to drop an album on this very channel soon. So you can check that out and let me know what you think. And uh, special thanks to the Patreons. It's Mel Gadamsey, Chris Prado, Jonathan Barnes, DJ Black, Hurricane, Lindo Williams, and Coney Sparks. A support will be due to help us get a new camera. They're going to help us get sound panels on the wall one day soon. I'm to see how quick you can do that. I can do it pretty quick if I want to. Um, they're going to help us pay for Squarespace and get up a website and stuff and thank move you. on to thank the you next so level. Thank you so much, guys, truly. Oh, I love watching U.S. dollars convert to Canadian. It's really fun. That's all I'm trying to say. Um... At the end of the day, uh, it's nice of y'all to be involved in this. And if you want to tell us what albums to review like they can, or just help us get to that next level, you know what to do over there. And we appreciate y'all of y'all. Next level. Anyway, we're going to go get ready to do uh, part two. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. Live long and prosper.